the podcast where we sip and spill. You are now listening to this episode of Tea with Key. I have a very special guest on the episode today. Go ahead and introduce yourself to the people who will be listening. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, so I'm Julia. Um, I am a nonprofit sector person, um, but I am also a watercolor artist and just like a visual artist to an extent. (laughs) And I live in Miami, uh, Miami, Florida and South Florida area. I grew up here most of my life and um, I came back after college and I've been here ever since. That's what's up. That's what's up. Shoot. Represent. It's been it's been a minute since uh, I've been that way. But oh, OK. What what are you sipping on? Because, you know, we have oh, that yeah. as a segment. What what <laughs> is, is our, yeah, what, our bottle? <laughs> yes. So I'm drinking kombucha. It's the, the ginger aid flavor, the synergy aid. like GT. I'm a man brand. I'm a huge kombucha person. I feel like I got way more into it after college because I know most people like drink a beer and kick back after work, but I worked so late. Like when I first started, um, like I started my career as a community organizer. So when I first started, I would come home and just be so tired. And I would want that flavor or something like more like fermented, like a wine or a beer, but it was like 11 p.m. and I still had (laughs) stuff to do. (laughs) So I, um, I started getting really into kombucha. I like that. That's what's up. It kind of reminds me, um, oh man, back in school, there was this spot that like sold kombucha. And I don't Zeus. know why I'm blanking. Zeus, okay. Yes. Okay, yeah. so that's when I first tried kombucha. <laughs> yeah, I oh. love Zeus. Yeah, they had it on tap. It was so cute. It was. I was like, okay, this is it. Yeah, that that was my uh, my first little dip into kombucha too. So I was like, okay, yeah, this is it. This is it. I am sipping on a nice little Earl Grey chai tea out of my little Jen. doggy mug. Yes, I, I have Nini outside of my room right now. After this episode, you can say hi to her. But I was like, okay, yeah, Nini, sounds good. <laughs> you know. Yes. But um, yeah, and. This is a loose leaf tea. Bottom actually makes it. It's really good. I like it. I love the aroma. I love the flavor. It just makes me feel really relaxed. Uh, you know, uh, the days, of course, <laughs> they be long. The days. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh, cool. girl, who you telling? So, yeah, it's just nice to like you unwind and you're just like, okay. For sure. Yeah. Back, get my yeah. cup and it's, it's gonna be on and popping. So shoot. So I was wondering, cause you know, I always do the part where I say like how I know my guests. My memory is usually not as great as the memory of my guests. But do you remember like the first time we met? Of course it was in school, but do you yeah. know like the beginning? <laughs> so technically, I think we technically like met indirectly sometime freshman year. Did you live in the townhouses or like have friends who lived in the townhouses? I had friends who lived in the townhouses. So how Javier and JoJo, like we were always there. Yes, okay, so I had friends who lived in the townhouses too, um, and they would go hang out with JoJo sometimes. And so I think I met you at some point, like in past, I guess at their townhouse. But I don't think I really ever like met you, met you until like through Claire, like later on. Yeah, yeah, yo, yeah, because I was thinking, I was like, okay, hold up, hold up, like we got these friends in common. Like, wait, was it okay? Well, cool, yeah, that's what's up. Because yeah, like going to visit them and just because you know of having like all that space and like playing games and like playing mafia and just yeah. oh. Yeah, good times, good times. Man, it's crazy. It's like, you look back and you're like, wait, hold on. 
one. We did that. Like, we're Cornell graduates. Like, okay. Pat's cell phone back. But uh, you said that after you graduated, you went back h- home to work and uh, you've been in. Yeah, so I started community organizing back in 2018. So we graduated and then I took some time off. I thought I was going to do something completely different, um, but I got really involved with a nonprofit and um, just decided to really switch into community organizing. And I worked um, at a nonprofit that is in the same network as the one that I got involved with when I first graduated. And um, yeah, it was a super exciting experience. I actually just left that position that I'd been in for a while. at the end of last year so yeah it's been really exciting and just on one hand I'm like I like was surprised that's kind of the direction I went in but on the other hand I like it just makes so much sense I feel like in high school and college I was always really interested in policy issues and things Mm -hmm. like that and so yeah it was a really intense experience really um interesting experience I feel like it was it was the perfect move for me after school that's what's up wait okay so let's rewind you switched roles at the end of last year or yeah Yeah. Power so to I you feel- on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I was just gonna say that um, it's interesting because obviously, like you know, we're in a pandemic, and I feel like a lot of times right. people they've been like more hesitant and you know changing yeah. jobs. And I mean, I'm kind of like you in the sense that I I was with the company, and it was in the end of October that I decided to leave and you know go somewhere else. And of course. You know, when you leave something that you've been with for a while, there's always that risk. And of course, in times like these, you know, we we have to be more strategic in the risk that we take. Wow. So it's interesting because I haven't talked to a lot of people who are, you know, s- switching things up, you know, since what, like February, March of last year. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's just interesting to hear that because it's always like, you know, you weigh you weigh the pros and the cons and just you know, see uh, see where your path takes you. So yeah. um, props to you on that, props to you. Thank so, you, yeah. The reason why we are here today, I like to have guests where we can have a conversation about something that I think is either going to motivate other people, inspire other people. And I really want to talk about your brand. I want to talk about your beginnings. I want to talk about where you are now. I want to talk about like, you know, where you're going. By Julia from you, where, where did this all begin? I want to know, take us back. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm still really in the beginning. I didn't launch my Etsy until December. So it's really only, I think it's been like officially a little bit over a month. Yeah, definitely way more than a month, but like <laughs> uh, we're almost at the two month mark. And yeah, my goal is to have have um, over 100 sales by the end of the year. But yeah, like, I mean, the idea really started because of COVID and the quarantine. When I was younger, I was super into visual art. Um, I would go to like art classes and like um, my parents would take me to like art fairs in town and things like that. And I mean, growing up, I always had like different ambitions. But one thing that I feel like I always, always wanted to experience was being like one of those people with a booth at the art fair. (laughs) and um I like I have such vivid memories like for example there's just one lady who had like a ceramics um business and she made these really cool flowers out of ceramic and wire um and she gave me one just because she was like sitting there working at the like her stand in the fair and she was making stuff with her hands while people came in and she just like gave it to me for free and I was like okay (laughs) and I'm pretty sure it's still (laughs) somewhere in my parents house but I just remember like how cool it was and like how much like she thought it was like neat that there was this kid there just like asking her questions about her work and 
Um, I feel like Etsy is like like the virtual version of being at a little art fair. And um, I've always like shopped on Etsy here and there mm-hmm. too. So yeah, I was just excited to do something different. Um, I think during the very early stages of the pandemic, I mean, that was still the beginning of, of 2020. Mm-hmm. And a goal I had for myself in 2020 was to just get back into art. Um, it was something that I'd been so into before. And then when I went to college, really other than like, you know, making crafts for this or that thing that like the sorority I was in would ask you to do. <laughs> I yeah. never really did any of that. And I missed it a lot. And then when I jumped into community organizing, it was so busy. Mm-hmm. And coincidentally in March, um, every year we would have this big event. And it was like the pinnacle of the work that we did. And like, you would work so, so hard, like toward that event, like the whole month leading up to it, it would be like nonstop. And so I told myself in January, I was like, after we call it the action. So like after the action, I'm gonna get back into art. Like I'm gonna like mm-hmm. really jump back in. And funny enough, that's right when the pandemic happened. <laughs> so Dang. yeah, so that's where it took off. I mean, it really was just even reworking my skills. There was a lot of things that I just like, almost like, it's not that I forgot how to do them, but it's like, you know how they say that, like, you never forget how to ride a bike. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. you don't forget the basics, but you're not going to ride as fast as you used to. <laughs> so. True, true. Or like that yeah. phrase, they say, sometimes your hands remember what your mind forgot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think what's like admirable is just like you, you made a promise to yourself. Cause honestly, I think when we look at those goals, like telling yourself, okay, I'm going to do this. And like you hop back on the horse and like you go for it and you really just kind of like, yeah, you make it happen. That's something that is what you can like really appreciate. And uh, shout out to your two months. And I think when I looked, I think you already have like 25 or 26 or something like that sales too. So you're about a quarter of the way there, (laughs) right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. I just launched my Valentine's Day cards. So I did Christmas cards and gift tags and Hanukkah cards and gift tags. And now I'm doing Valentine's Day. I'm gonna skip Easter because a lot of people have been asking me for like paintings. So I'm just gonna do between Valentine's Day and Mother's Day, I'm just gonna do paintings and stickers. So I've been like working on developing stickers and I have a few. I actually, with my Christmas orders, since it was like my first set of orders, I sent a little sticker to most of the people who ordered. Um, because I'm just trying them out. Like I have, I have plenty of experience with making cards, but I don't mm-hmm. have any experience with stickers. So I figured that could be the trial run is sending people a little sticker. And I did yeah. do stick on gift tags. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's fun. And it's just one thing that I love about like stationary, like that kind of thing is like as a kid, what I like to do was always like making cards for people, making mm-hmm. art for other people, like to give us gifts. Um, and I think that's like kind of behind the name to like buy me from you. like. Yeah. You know, I want to help people celebrate the special people in their life. And, you know, I just think it's fun. I think it's fun to be able to give something unique and one of a kind that you're not going to find anywhere. Um, exactly. Exactly. That actually made me think, okay, so when when you're creating your cards, of course, you know, you have like your own original ideas, but do people ever come to you with their ideas and say, hey, I'd like to, you know, see X, Y, Z in a card. And then like, you kind of like yeah. make it based off their ideas. I have done a little bit of that. So one thing that was super popular was like, when I was just doing some like stuff in my sketchbook and posting it on Instagram, I did some mushrooms and then I did like a big painting of a mushroom just like for fun. And I had multiple people like message me to ask for mushroom cards and then also yeah. for like mushroom paintings. So I did do a couple of those and that was really fun. That's been like the main one. 
And then the other thing that um, I'm gonna put up on my shop probably tomorrow is Galentine's Day. So actually for Valentine's Day cards, I made them mostly really generic, like happy Valentine's Day or I love you, as opposed to like, you're the love of my life. Like <laughs> super like, you know, traditional romantic love. So that way people can give it to their girlfriends and like, I actually have just like such cute memories of doing like Valentine's Day things with Claire and another friend of mine in college and going out to eat together on Valentine's Day and having a good time and celebrating, you know, love, like platonic love with your girlfriend. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Cause it's just like, like you get to enjoy like creating art and then also, yeah, it's like we get to like celebrate, like having those holidays or like having those shared memories together. And it's just like, oh gosh, oh, I'm excited to see what they look like. Yeah, you can, I'm actually painting some more right now cause I'm like out of some of the ones that I already put up from like the orders. So like, this is like one that's in progress. <laughs> I know it's a, it's a, not a visual medium, <laughs> but no, I just, no. so, for the no, listener. I, I love this though. I love this. Oh gosh. Yeah. I, oh my goodness gracious. I, I'm not a, uh, an artist per se in that sense. Although my uncle, um, he, he loves to paint. Like he, he was gifted with that. Those are in his genes. So nice. it's always like really cool to just like, you know, scroll and like look through and be like, okay, shoot. Her two hands, she put us something together looking like this, you know? So, <laughs> oh man. Do you ever, um, do you ever do like people? I'm curious. Um, not really. So I've always really struggled with people. I've done a few things of people here and there. Like I love gymnastics and it was super popular on my Twitter <laughs> that I, I tweet out just like in my sketchbook, I did a painting of um, Simone Biles and Morgan Hurd um, cause they were like the number one and two people in the US a couple of years ago. And um, yeah, that, like that was super fun. And I don't paint people that, that often, but when I do, I definitely take most of the inspiration from like people I really find inspiring or, you know, things mm -hmm. like that. I like that. I like that. That's what's up. Shoot. So you kind of touched on this uh, earlier. So most of your inspiration comes from like memories you had when you were younger, memories that you've had like with people, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. See, I, I think that in itself, when you think about creating art and just being able to, cause this is like a shared experience, you know? And I don't know. I just think that's, that's just so cool. Oh. Yeah. I, um, I guess for me, like, I, I think like COVID has really been impacting like the way I look at things and what I want to create and make. Like, I feel like, especially at the very, very beginning, we were really, really locked up. Right. And I mean, Mm -hmm. I still am like, <laughs> I don't go anywhere, but I feel like, I, you know, now I feel less weird about like walking here and there. Like at the beginning, we didn't mm -hmm. even know like what the science was about masks, right? Like now we understand the science behind masks. Like I know I can go on a walk, wear my little mask and be fine. <laughs> but mm -hmm. before sometimes, you know, I'd feel even nervous to do those things. And I've always loved like drawing like natural things, just like flowers and leaves and little motifs like that. And um, just things that like commemorate things that make me happy or things that are happening. Like when I first started with painting, I like posted a picture on Instagram. I did a painting of like Lysol wipes <laughs> or like wet one wipes and Lysol spray. And people were like, what? <laughs> this is so funny, but it's just like the reality of our life. And I feel like, mm -hmm. you know, when I used to go to Target and finally land that, that thing of Lysol wipes. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was actually kind yes. of like a little bit of happiness in my life. Oh, I feel and like 100%. We have, we have a lot of things going on right now. So I feel like the holidays too, I know it are hard for people right now. Or, so I want to be able to just like do what I can and you know, just put something happy out there. Exactly. Like literally that, that is what like I, I really appreciate it about what you do because you're making a positive contribution to the world. Obviously, like you said, it's it's hard times. There's you know even though 2021, like you said, like we we understand the virus more, but there's still so much uncertainty for us. You know how the rest of this year is going to play out. So being able to be a person who adds positivity into the world, I'm just like okay, mad mad snaps for you. You know so and I think too, would you say that? Um, making cards since like the pandemic has started has like contributed to your mental health a lot? Yeah, for sure. Um, actually, you know, like 2020 was a big year for me to really take on like mental health stuff. So I, I mean, I really started the year out even before the pandemic kind of struggling mental health wise. And um, I've always had like different struggles with mental health. And I think the pandemic really just forced me to take it seriously because I feel like my anxiety really hit a point that was unmanageable. And I was finally able to, you know, take it way more seriously with like therapy and like developing a better plan with my doctor and things like that. Um, and I think for me, like making art, like even before I launched my Etsy, I was making a lot of just like paintings here and there and like posting them online and just, it just, it was something to do. Yeah. <laughs> and even when I felt so unmotivated with like work, with everything else, I feel like painting or like making things was the one thing that like I still felt motivated to do. And that made me just like really excited and happy. And I think, I think that's one of the best things that's come out of it is like, this is something that I've always cared about, but I feel like in 2020, I really found it like as something I, I could rely on more in my life to like be consistent with and mm -hmm. have always there. And I think, you know, that's been the case for a lot of people. Like pe some people develop like baking bread. Some people bought a ton of plants. Like, you know, we, we've all found those little things that can be consistent in our lives. I too have made bread and bought plants. <laughs> but uh, I think painting is like what really has stuck. Yeah. Oh my goodness gracious. Yeah, it's it's definitely important to like know what makes you happy at the end of the day. Cause honestly, I think it's really relatable, especially, oh gosh, to me on the point about work, cause the way in which, you know, we all have bills to pay. You do your nine to five. Sometimes it carries a little over it. We don't want it to, but you know, when you can just sit down with yourself and be able to use your time the way that you want to, mm -hmm. nothing else compares to that, you yeah. know? So, and you get to, you get to have like a feeling of joy. You get to have like a sense of like, you know, accomplishment too. Like you get to hold it and be like, okay, I just, I just did that, you know? So I wonder, um, so before you made your Etsy, you were, were you making cards just for yourself or were you doing paintings for yourself or, or what were you doing be beforehand? I know you said that you yeah. know, you've been um, an artist so it, for a while. So it started with, I did a big card sale for Mother's Day and it was for basically for charity. Like I donated almost all of the money other than like what covered, I didn't even cover all of my supplies. I think I covered like half of the cost of buying the, the paper, but I did, yeah, I did a ton of Mother's Day cards. I think I raised 
almost $400 for a couple of different things. So one was kind of a mutual aid situation where there was a young lady who um, on Twitter reached out because she's really involved in like the gymnastics online community. And she just posted about how she needed a lot of help of being able to pay for her education costs. Um, and so um, that was part of what it went to. Then another part of it went to a couple of different nonprofits, including the nonprofit that I work for. Uh, I used to work for, <laughs> um, still gonna use that. But yes, so I I work at a different nonprofit now, but I still so believe in in what um, my previous employer is doing. And um, yeah, so at the time I was still working there, and I I did donate some of those proceeds over there. And it was That's so wholesome. Yeah, it was awesome. And I think it was like I think it really gave me the confidence to just like do this more and eventually started my Etsy yeah. um, between May when Mother's Day was and Christmas here and there people would like dm me on instagram and i'd make stuff for them and like mail it out and stuff like that but yeah that's that was really where it where it started was like i made mother's day cards <laughs> yeah no like looking at your work i'm just like okay first of all it's so cute um attention to detail like like when you you know talk about confidence i'm like girl your work speaks for itself like go, go ahead like you know shoot go ahead and toot your own horn okay you know we we left being humble in 2020. <laughs> that's funny yeah yeah i mean i i think for me it's just like one aspect of it is like there are a lot of people doing like little watercolor art <laughs> out there so i um definitely no one like you <laughs> I, I'm trying to, you know, set myself off and, and be unique, but also just trying to make stuff that I like. I, I don't want to, you know, not be true to myself either. And so that's been, yeah, that's been one really good aspect of this is I feel like it's really helping me refine my voice. Like, I feel like when you're being a community organizer, especially like I would do a lot of written work that it, I was supposed to, like it was required to not be in my voice. It was supposed to be in the organization's voice or, you know, one of the people in the organization who was going to be our spokesperson, like in their voice. Or, you know, in, in college, like I was a Spanish major, so I, I really was writing in a very academic voice that wasn't true to me for the most part. You know, I took some creative writing classes and things like that here and there. Um, I really missed being able to have my own voice, have my own expression out there. And yeah, it's been good. It's been good to really be able to do that. Hey, that's what's up. What is, uh, what's like your favorite, uh, your favorite thing to paint or create? I'm curious, like, it, it, cause I know I've seen a lot of your cards, like tend to have like nature settings or like flower settings, but if you had to put like one at your top favorite, like what would it be? Definitely leaves. I love leaves and just like greenery. I also love flowers too. Um, but I grew up with like, my family just like loves nature, loves plants. Mm -hmm. Like before like all of us millennials started buying house plants, like my mom already had her, her house filled with plants. So, um, you know, I grew up just around like lots of plants, lots of flowers, lots of like going out into nature, like going to nature parks. Mm -hmm. And I've always found that so beautiful. Like I probably have like notebooks and papers from when I was like eight, nine years old. <laughs> it's really similar stuff to what I make now because that is really what's been, I don't know, always inspirational to me is like how beautiful, like an intricate, even like a leaf is. Um, and I did a lot of like environmental science stuff in high school too. And so we would spend a lot of time even just like looking at like those intricacies. And that was yeah. always fascinating to me. Oh gosh. See, I, I think like that's really cool in itself because yeah, like, I, I mean, for one, I think that people already kind of like 
got more of appreciation for nature, especially because of the pandemic and, you know, not being able to like, you know, be in spaces like, you know, four walls of other people. So being able to be outside. But I think in like that way, it's also like your art kind of like helps other people. Like it kind of like stimulates mm-hmm. an appreciation for nature and other people too, which is really dope because you're right. Even if you like step outside right now, just being able to, I mean, you know, in this in, on a sunny day, <laughs> being able to just really like appreciate what mother nature has like put in front of us is something that is just like, you know, just like leaves you in awe sometimes. So that's pretty dope. Um, and that's kind of cool too. Like, so your mom was like already a plant mom before. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's <a> plant mom. <laughs> I have my, wait, so are you a plant mom too? Do you have plants? I am, yes. I have like a couple pothos and um, like a baby rubber plant. <laughs> so, and a, like a couple little succulents. Yeah. And I have like a big alocasia, like elephant ear plant. Um, And I also have a snake plant that I keep forgetting to bring from my parents' house. Um, Okay. So my friend actually got me uh, a snake plant for my birthday because I, um, I'm not like good with the plants that are very, very, very sensitive. Um, and so she was like, okay, here you go. (laughs) This, this is a very strong and durable plant. And I was like, Thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate yes. it. Yeah. Snake plants are perfect for that. And I actually, my logo is a snake plant that I painted because I just love like the way they look. And I feel like they're so, like snake plants are like the epitome of like how like watercolor art like can look really cool and also lend itself to painting things that are really organic, like a plant, because like you just blend the colors together and kind of like the snake plant, like the way the variegation is. And, mm, I and love I it. love the yellow border. <laughs> yeah, I clicked and I was like, oh my gosh, look at it. It's like, it's so cute. Just, <laughs> oh gosh, you just, I feel like, I feel like when you look at your art, you just, you just feel happy, you know? Like you just- I'm glad. You spread good vibes, you know? And like, that's, that's what we need. Yeah, that's why I've been working toward um, making stickers and like little sticker sheets too, because I want people to have like a little piece of art on the go. And I think, you know, especially as we return to normal life, I like also want there to be reminders of like the simple things. Mm -hmm. I feel like we're all going to take away from this experience, like all those little things that made us happy. Like, like how so many of us, like, for example, got really into plants or the bread or the painting or whatever it was. It's like Mm -hmm. that kept us going. And once we get back to, you know, quote unquote, normal life. Like I feel like so many people would put off their happiness until like, well, I'm working toward like this big European vacation or I'm working toward this big thing. And I know I was so guilty of that before this, like mm, me too. just focusing on that future thing, that big activity that I'm going to do and, you know, not appreciating the things I had right in front of me. I like that. I like that. You're right. Cause I mean, the first thought that comes to my mind when I think about stickers, and I think we can all kind of relate to this, but automatically it, it goes on my personal laptop, you know? So yep. anytime I need to, you know, not do something work-related, boom, it's right there. So that is kind of a cool concept. Like when you look back at it, you know, cause I mean, stickers are forever. So looking back and being able to say, hey, this time, like, you know, really appreciating yeah, the things that we kind of, uh, you know, found ourselves using our time with during, you know, during the pandemic, because eventually, although we don't know when exactly, we will be, uh, we'll be transitioning back to our, you know, our lifestyle beforehand. So that's pretty freaking dope. Shoot. 
Wait, so have you have you made any stickers yet? Or you you just want I you want to okay? Yeah, I've made a bunch. So I have a cricket machine. I was borrowing my boyfriend's mom's cricket machine, and then my parents were so gracious as to buy me one for my birthday. Yeah. Um, so I have a cricket machine, which is what a lot of people make their stickers on. And yeah, so for the the holidays, I made little stickers that were gift tags, like you know those ones you buy at Target. Oh yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. I made I those. Those were the first like stickers that I sold, but they were really gift tags. Um, and then I've made stickers like of the little little plant, but they say plant parent on them. Um, the little snake plant. Yes. Um, and so I've just been, the only reason I haven't sold them is because I've been trying out papers because I don't want to sell a bad paper to people. <laughs> like a bad sticker to people. Okay, educate me because I'm really thinking like, maybe I just don't know, but I feel like I feel like stickers, they feel the same. Like they're glossy on the, the side you see and then yeah. they're just sticking up. <laughs> they're so they're not all the same <laughs> like. no they're not so the problem is like so when you're making a sticker at home so for at first i was like okay you know what like i'm gonna have to give this the cricket machine is like this big machine it's like um it's basically a cutting machine so yeah. you make your sticker you print you design it on your computer and then you print it out and then you have this little machine that cuts it um but um when you want to make them at home it's completely different than like if you upload your designs to like redbubble or something like that where someone else is going to print them so when i'm going to make them at home i had so many options and i was so lost as to what kind of paper to get to print my sticker designs on and then cut in the machine because when you get when you go to the store and buy stickers you know they already picked the paper for you but i had no idea where to start and so the first paper that i got um was perfect for those little gift tags because it was like it'll stick on to a gift for like the four hours before you give it to someone mm-hmm. and that's it right like i wasn't worried um mm-hmm. and it printed nicely it was like nice and matte so you could write on it but i knew that wasn't gonna work for regular stickers um and the other hard part too is like it's so hard to go to things in store right now you know with the pandemic like i was trying to be as safe yeah. as possible and then also like it's just it's just hard <laughs> to like shop around for this type of stuff because like you want to be able to feel it you want to be able to like look at it yeah um, so yeah so i did a ton of research online like i think i probably spent hours watching youtube videos <laughs> like reading reviews of different kinds of sticker paper and um yeah i finally found some good stuff yes yeah, so hopefully after valentine's day after we're done with valentine's day cards um stickers will be next oh Best luck. I mean, shoot, you sound like you did all the research. You did what you had to do. So, I mean, it sounds like it's going to play out. If When you, okay, so when you go through like trial and run, you know, processes like that, what do you, like, do you just, you just keep them for yourself or like the, not yeah. the, I don't want to call them mistakes, but the, the pre. The right, pre- the trial <laughs> run. <laughs> yeah, um, a little bit of both. So for example, with, um, like card designs, I do a lot of that just like in my sketchbook. Um, so I have like a watercolor paper sketchbook and I do a lot of that just on my own. I try to paint or draw at least like five times a week or like, and as close to every day as I can. Um, okay. Just the skill and you really gotta keep it up. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, actually over the holidays, I took a big break from painting, but I was still trying to do other creative stuff. like. Um, I crochet and I was learning how to embroider (laughs) over the holidays so I wasn't watercoloring as much Um, but I was really trying to develop just like new creative skills all the time 
Um, so I'm always making something. And so because of that, like my process, especially for like the illustration part of things is really not that formal. Like I just, I, I'm pulling from the things that I'm already making. For example, like I painted like monstera leaves for my friend. Like she wanted to frame some like monstera leaves and I was walking around um, like Target and I saw a card that just like was simple, like I and a heart and you and it was like a cart that they were selling for four dollars at target i was like wait a minute i can make that but instead of like a heart which is boring like i can make a monstera leaf because it looks like a heart yeah um, and that's just something that i already like to draw already like to paint like so most of the illustration side of things um super easy to develop for me because i'm i'm just doing it already mm. but the material side of it is really what's hard when when you're trying to do this stuff especially because one it, i mean it's costly if you buy a ton of stuff and then it doesn't work out it's going to cost you and it's going to really eat into your your bottom line you know i'm like this is a passion project for me i'm not like looking to become a millionaire off of this of course but um but don't let so your dreams just be dreams <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i think for me um the trial and error process, especially like, for example, like I was saying the stickers, um, the stickers that I ran that I knew weren't gonna be, you know, probably the best water bottle sticker or something like that. I still just cut them out and give them as gifts with some, like I said, I give them as gifts with my old orders. Cause at the time I was really spending a lot of time prototyping sticker papers. Uh, that was expensive. <laughs> it was a lot of money invested. So basically all the money that I got from my Christmas sales went right back into that prototype process for sticker paper. Um, but other than that, I really just, um, I really just try to research as much as I can. So that way I don't end up with bad materials. Um, and then, I mean, I make a lot of stuff for my family, especially and for my friends. So I, yeah. because of that, I just like, I give a lot of stuff away. <laughs> I also have a drawer, like I have one of those like 10 drawer carts from Michael's where I keep my stuff. So I have a whole drawer of stuff that's like mm -hmm. halfway finished. Or well, like, archives. Yeah. <laughs> thoughts here and there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Shoot. Yeah, no, I uh, I like that. I was, I was wondering because one of my friends, um, she's similar in the sense that she also likes making cards and she has this, um, she has this shoe box that she'll put them in. So she'll put them in like their own little uh their own little sleeve and just put them on the shoe box and just yeah. so when you walk in you can just you know flip through because it's it's kind of cool when you yeah. like look back and you know you look back at like all these you know ideas and like thoughts that you had that you know maybe like weren't you know you know put out there on blast but still something that was really cool to you at the time so right that's really interesting yeah. oh yeah. man wow we kind of like cover like a bunch of you know different topics in this episode and we kind of uh you know dove into a bunch of different things but when people listen to your episode what do you really want the listeners to take home out of everything that you said what do you really hope resonated with them you know I I listened to a podcast that kind of inspired a little bit of this watercolor journey where another watercolor artist who was crazy successful not at the point where I'm at at all but a super successful person was talking about their watercolor art in their journey and what I really got out of it I mean like of course it's her business now and she she has like a million dollar business now but it really started because she was at a stressful job that she didn't like 
Um, and at the end of the day, she would come home and be really happy painting with her watercolors. Mm. And I, I think that's like a joy that I've really been able to reclaim this past year. Um, just finding something that makes me happy. And I think for a long time, even though I was like at a very like rewarding in terms of like intellectually very fulfilling job and, um, you know, knowing that I was doing something positive for the world, the specific things that I was doing weren't always really filling my cup. So I think I'd almost forgotten what it was like to like physically do something that was really like full of happiness for me. And so I think reclaiming those things, finding those things for yourself is like the most important thing. And if I can spread that happiness by, you know, putting it into cards, into stickers, and, um, you know, hopefully one day I'll have more, even more like little gifts and things that you can give. Um, I, I think that's, that's happiness to me. And yeah. I really hope that that's like a takeaway for people is like prioritizing your happiness, prioritizing mm-hmm. the things that you love. That doesn't mean that they won't be there won't be hard days or days where you won't be frustrated there's some days that like i'll paint stuff and i'll be like this is ugly like i don't like it <laughs> or you know when i'm really trying to research like what the best options are for paper or for stickers or for this or that you know it's not always super fun but if like the ultimate picture of it is really giving you joy i think it's always worth it it's always worth the time it's always worth mm-hmm. prioritizing you and what makes you happy and especially like with people our age I feel like being your mid late 20s it's it feels like everything needs to be serious <laughs> for <laughs> adults um but no like we just have to have more fun we have to have more fun and put our happiness as a, a much bigger priority than I think a lot of people our age do mm-hmm. I I agree with that so much and it, it, it is something that I really hope that people like especially in our age group do take and I think you really hit home when saying like reclaiming your happiness because yes you are giving yourself to an organization a company when it comes to you know your nine to five but being able to when the day is done asking yourself what truly brings you joy being able to know what things you can actually be like a hundred percent intrinsically like into that is something that I think that like everyone could definitely benefit from so I agree with you a hundred percent I'm glad yeah and and I mean if I could add to I feel like the last year for a lot of people like we're both women of color and I think for a lot of people it was a hard year in that sense too and I I don't even remember where I read this but like someone I think in college was like your happiness is resistance and like I think the fact that I finally have taken that seriously really makes me feel like like okay well like for context I grew up most of my life as an undocumented person and I still am I, I am a DACA recipient um you know the last four years <laughs> when we had a different president were terrible in that sense because it felt like I had to sleep with one eye open in regards to my immigration status. And so for me to take being happy for myself and myself only was important. Like it just has to be important, especially for us, those of us who are people of color, who are really going through some tough things out there in the world and who are having a hard time, whether it be in our job, in our families, the pandemic or racism, really <laughs> public policy. Mm-hmm. I mean, reclaiming our joy is, is the best thing we can do for ourselves because, you know, 
protecting you, protecting your happiness is just as important as fighting those things out there. Exactly, exactly. I'm glad you brought that up too, because if everything don't like, we feel like it's compounded on top of each other. And then some days you just feel like you feel heavier than others. So yes, definitely being able to have that weight taken off by saying, okay, well, I'm going to prioritize things that make me feel good. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to do things for me. It's just, it's just something I really hope that everyone will take the time to do if they haven't already. For sure. For sure. Thanks for listening to this episode of Tea with Key.